Please stand and the prayer will be given by Pastor Kenny Bryant of the Tabernacle Church Norfolk. And please remain standing for the Pledge of Allegiance. Welcome, Pastor. Thank you. Shall we pray? Our Father and our God, we come to you this night and we want to thank you. We want to start off this meeting by thanking you. You are the one from whom all good blessings flow. And uh, Father, we thank you for this great city that we have. Father, we remember those in our city that uh, put their lives on the line each and every day for us. And we are thankful to you for them. We are thankful for those who call Norfolk home, who are deployed around the world, who again, put themselves uh, and their life on the line uh, for freedom. Father, we thank you for the city council and the responsibility that they have. Father, I would ask that you would give them uh, wisdom and knowledge beyond their ability. Father, they need your empowerment and your guidance. Father, might the people that are here tonight be blessed and might they be thankful to you. Father, we thank you again for this great city. Would God bless the city of Norfolk. Amen. Amen. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, Indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Mr. Clerk, please call the roll. Ms. Graves? Here. Ms. Johnson? Here. Ms. McClellan? Here. Mr. Riddick? Here. Mr. Smigel? Here. Mr. Thomas? Here. Dr. Wibley? Here. Mr. Alexander? Here, uh, the motion is to dispense with the reading of the minutes of our previous meeting. Ms. Graves? Aye. Ms. Johnson? Aye. Ms. McClellan? Aye. Mr. Riddick? Aye. Mr. Smigel? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Aye. Dr. Woodley? Aye. Mr. Alexander? Aye. Mr. Clerk, please read the resolution certifying the closed meeting. A resolution certifying a closed meeting of the Council of the City of Norfolk held in accordance with the provisions of the Virginia Freedom of Information Act. Adopt the resolution. Ms. Graves? Aye. Ms. Johnson? Aye. Ms. McClellan? Aye. Mr. Riddick? Aye. Mr. Smigel? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Aye. Dr. Woodley? Aye. Mr. Alexander? Aye. For the benefit of those who do not regularly attend the City Council meetings, the procedure that we will follow tonight is to first take up ceremonial items, then public hearings, then the consent agenda, which will be voted on in a block. Any member of the Council or the public who wishes to remove a consent agenda item from the block will do so and consider it separately. Following the consent agenda, we'll take up our regular agenda items in order as they appear on the docket. Upon the completion of the agenda, we then take up new business to come before the council. To address the council, you should have registered with the clerk outside of the lobby uh, prior to 7 p.m. When your name is called, please come to the podium, state your name and your address, and please limit your remarks to three minutes. Thank you for being here. Mr. Clerk, we have no ceremonial items. We'll move right into PH1. Public hearing one is scheduled for this day to hear comments on approving a lease agreement between the city and downtown Norfolk Development Corporation trading as downtown Norfolk Council for the lease of premises located at 208 East Main Street, Sullivan Arcade. Mary Mill is here to answer any questions. If there are no questions, Mr. Clerk, please call the roll. I have an ordinance approving a lease agreement between the city and downtown Norfolk Development Corporation, trading as downtown Norfolk Council for the lease of premises located in Selden Arcade, 208 East Main Street in the city of Norfolk, and authorizing the city manager to execute the lease agreement on behalf of the city. 
Dispense with the charter requirement for reading the ordinance and adopt. Ms. Graves? Aye. Ms. Johnson? Aye. Ms. McClellan? Aye. Mr. Riddick? Aye. Mr. Smigel? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Aye. Dr. Wibley? Aye. Mr. Alexander? Aye. Page two, motion is for this item to be withdrawn. Yes, sir. Ms. Graves? Aye. Ms. Johnson? Aye. Ms. McClellan? Aye. Mr. Riddick? Aye. Mr. Smigel? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Aye. Dr. Wibley? Thank you, Winter. Aye. Mr. Alexander? Aye. PH3? Public hearing three scheduled for this day on the application of CC Mac LLC for a change of zoning from light industrial to quarter commercial on property located at 843 44th Street and by 6 0 vote planning commission recommends approval. Call the roll. I have two uh, ordinances for this item. The first is an ordinance to rezone property located at 843 44th Street from I2 to C2 Zoning District, dispense with the charter requirement for reading the ordinance and adopt. Ms. Graves? Aye. Ms. Johnson? Aye. Ms. McClellan? Aye. Mr. Riddick? Aye. Mr. Smeagle? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Aye. Dr. Wibley? Aye. Mr. Alexander? Aye. The second is an ordinance granting a special exception to prevent mixed uses on property located at 843 44th Street. Dispense with the charter requirement for reading the ordinance and adopt. Ms. Graves? Aye. Ms. Johnson? Aye. Ms. McClellan? Aye. Mr. Riddick? Aye. Mr. Smeagle? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Aye. Dr. Wibley? Aye. Mr. Alexander? Aye. PH4. Public hearing four scheduled for this day on the application of Alex Youngblood for a change of zoning from R8 single family to R9 single family on property located at 1516 Norcova Avenue and by 6 0 vote planning commission recommends approval. Let's click call the roll. I have an ordinance to rezone property located at 1516 Norcova Avenue from R8 to R9. Dispense with the charter requirement for reading the ordinance and adopt. Ms. Graves? Aye. Ms. Johnson? Aye. Ms. McClellan? Aye. Mr. Riddick? Aye. Mr. Smeagle? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Aye. Dr. Wibley? Aye. Mr. Alexander? Aye. PH5. Public hearing five scheduled for the state to hear comments on approving an agreement between the city and Norfolk Botanical Garden Inc. for the use of certain city-owned property at 6700 Azalea Garden Road and known as Norfolk Botanical Garden. Call the roll. I have an ordinance approving and authorizing the execution of agreement of an agreement <coughs> between the city and Norfolk Botanical Garden for the use of certain city-owned property at 6700 Azalea Garden Road and known as Norfolk Botanical Garden. Dispense with the charter requirement for reading the ordinance and adopt. Ms. Graves? Aye. Ms. Johnson? Aye. Ms. McClellan? Aye. Mr. Riddick? Aye. Mr. Smeagle? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Aye. Dr. Wibley? Aye. Mr. Alexander? Aye. Mr. Clerk, C1, C2 will be considered in a block. Approve the consent agenda and dispense with the charter requirement for reading the ordinances and adopt. Ms. Graves? Aye. Ms. Johnson? Aye. Ms. McClellan? Aye. Mr. Riddick? Aye. Mr. Smeagle? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Aye. Dr. Wibley? Aye. Mr. Alexander? Aye. Mr. Clark, R1, motion is to continue until July 18th. Ms. Graves? Aye. Ms. Johnson? Aye. Ms. McClellan? Aye. Mr. Riddick? Aye. Mr. Smeagle? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Aye. Dr. Wibley? Aye. Mr. Alexander? Aye. Mr. Clerk, R2, the motion is to continue until June 13th as a public hearing item. Ms. Graves? Aye. Ms. Johnson? Aye. Ms. McClellan? Aye. Mr. Riddick? Aye. Mr. Smeagle? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Aye. Dr. Wibley? Aye. Mr. Alexander? Aye. R3, an ordinance permitting 2109 through 2111 Granby Street LLC to encroach into the right-of-way of Granby Street with an existing pole and sign. Dispense with the yes, charter uh, requirement. Mr. Mayor, I, I, I have some questions on this. Is okay? Yes, sir. Is there, Mr. Thomas. Anyone here? Maybe George can come speak to this. Or Susan, sorry. 
Mr. Homewood, how are you? Good, Mr. Mayor. How are you, sir? Good, thank you. Mr. Thomas has questions. As I understand it, this poll is on city property, and this is a new user at this property who wants to continue to use this sign, but the sign is not in conformance with the 21st Street PCO, which, correct me if I'm wrong, that this property is uh, within? All of those are correct statements, sir. Okay, so why aren't we then requiring the sign to be taken down since it's not in conformance and it's on our property? <clears throat> um, the reason is that um, the parcel in question, um, the private parcel, is part of a national and state register historic district. Um, the building to which the sign um, applies is a contributing structure. Uh, within that, um, the sign, while not specifically noted in the register application, um, from all, our, all we can tell, um, was constructed at uh, the same time as the building or very nearly the same time as the building. Um, therefore, we've adjudged it to be um, nearly as contributing as um, the building itself to a historic district, and therefore we had uh, issued no objection to um, going ahead and issuing the encroachment for the existing non-conforming sign. Um, the only part that's being approved is the lollipop on top of the pole, um, the square box that um, at some later time was attached um, about two-thirds of the way up the pole um, is being removed and is not part of the approval process. Okay. And, and to the planning department, that's more valuable than the pedestrian-oriented uh, regulations of the PCO, the historical aspect of it in this circumstance is? It's, it's an existing non-conforming sign. We did not see that it um, harms um, the pedestrian connectivity in the area. Um, and given the historic, potential historic significance, we decided that um, allowing the no existing non-conforming sign to remain um, was the better option. Okay. Thank you, George. Mr. Clerk? Dispense with the charter requirement for reading the ordinance and adopt. Ms. Graves? Aye. <clears throat> Ms. Johnson? Aye. Ms. McClellan? I'd like to thank my colleague for asking those good questions, um, but I'm satisfied with the answer. Aye. Mr. Riddick? Aye. Mr. Smigel? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Aye. Dr. Webley? Yep, Martin was all over this. We appreciated that. Thanks. <laughs> Aye. Mr. Alexander? Aye. R4. An ordinance authorizing the city manager to enter into a right of entry agreement with Francis Haley Jr. and Glenda Haley regarding the property located at 2553 Tidewater Drive in connection with the Lindenwood Barad Park Shoreline Restoration Project. Ellis James. Thank you, Mr. Mayor, members of the council. Mr. Smith. Bless your heart. Um, there are some big things happening in Norfolk as it pertains to living shorelines and water quality, and I just wanted to acknowledge that uh, the fine two people who keep tabs on Ward 3 and Super Ward 7 um, can be pleased with this project, and I think it's important that those of us who are involved, as I am, but many others, 
in the questions that are now arising with respect to how Norfolk's moving forward on its plans to learn to live with the water. Uh, that presentation today was very interesting and it's gonna come right our way. I hope that each of you council members will vote in support of this item. I don't think it's any problem that I know of. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. Thank you, Ellis. Ms. Clark, call the roll. Dispense with the charter requirement for reading the ordinance and adopt. Ms. Graves. Thank you, Ellis, for your comments. I vote aye. Ms. Johnson. Mr. Ellis, thank you. Um, and also to the community of Barat Park for this great opportunity. It has great possibilities as far as this waterway. Aye. Ms. McClellan. Aye. Mr. Riddick. Aye. Mr. Smigel. Aye. Mr. Thomas. Aye. Dr. Wibley. Aye. Mr. Alexander. Aye. R5. An ordinance to amend and reordain Chapter 46 of the Code of the City of Norfolk, Virginia, 1979 to establish the Ocean View Tourism Zone, the Downtown Tourism Zone, and the Military Highway Tourism Zone pursuant to Section 58.1-3851 of the Code of Virginia, 1950 as amended. It's been the charter requirement for reading the ordinance and adopt. Ms. Graves. Aye. Ms. Johnson. Aye. Ms. McClellan. Aye. Mr. Riddick. Aye. Mr. Smigo. Aye. Mr. Thomas. Aye. Dr. Wibley? Aye. Mr. Alexander? Aye. R6. An ordinance approving the capital improvement plan budget for the fiscal year beginning July 1, 2017 and ending June 30, 2018, appropriating $84,229,933 for certain projects approved therein, authorizing an issue of bonds in the amount of $72,427,477, of which $748,691 is the reappropriation of previously authorized but unissued bonds, and authorizing the expenditure of $11,802,456 in cash. Dispense with the charter requirement for reading the ordinance and adopt. Ms. Graves? Aye. Ms. Johnson? Aye. Ms. McClellan? Aye. Mr. Riddick? Aye. Mr. Smigel? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Aye. Dr. Wibley? Aye. Mr. Alexander? Aye. R7. An ordinance authorizing the City of Norfolk to enter into a cooperation agreement and appropriating funds to enable the Economic Development Authority of the City of Norfolk to enter into and fulfill its obligations under a grant agreement with Fort Norfolk Urgent Care, LLC. Dispense with the charter requirement for reading the ordinance and adopt. Ms. Graves? Um, I want to thank Economic Development uh, for working um, closely on this project and um, also for the staff for um, making the last minute changes that we needed in Bernard's office. Um, I really appreciate how quickly you guys were able to turn everything around. So thank you so much. I vote aye. Ms. Johnson? Aye. Much success on the project. Ms. McClellan? Aye. Mr. Riddick? Aye. Mr. Smigel? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Aye. Dr. Wibley? Aye. Mr. Alexander? Abstain. R8. An ordinance appropriating grant funds totaling $54,222,017 to the School Board of the City of Norfolk for Title I programs, other special programs of the School Nutrition Services Program, and authorizing the expenditure of the funds in fiscal year 2018 for Norfolk Public Schools. Dispense with the charter requirement for reading the ordinance and adopt. Ms. Graves? Aye. Ms. Johnson? Aye. Ms. McClellan? Aye. Mr. Riddick? Aye. Mr. Smigel? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Aye. Dr. Wibley? Aye. Mr. Alexander? Aye. R9. An ordinance approving the July 1, 2017 through June 30, 2018 budget for the Norfolk Law Library. 
authorizing the city treasurer to make disbursements in appropriating and authorizing the expenditure of up to $243,455 by the Norfolk Law Library from various sources, including monies assessed and collected by the city as part of costs and civil court actions in accordance with the approved budget and the October 1, 1987 agreement among the city, the Norfolk Law Library, and the Norfolk and Portsmouth Bar Association. Dispense with the charter requirement for reading the ordinance and adopt. Ms. Graves? Aye. Ms. Johnson? Aye. Mr. Clown? Aye. Mr. Riddick? Aye. Mr. Smigel? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Aye. Dr. Wibley? Aye. Mr. Alexander? Aye. R10? An ordinance appropriating funds for operation of the city for the fiscal year beginning July 1, 2017 and ending June 30, 2018, appropriating U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development entitlement grants, authorizing short-term equipment financing, providing a supplement for certain eligible retirees, and regulating the payment of money from the city treasury. Dispense with the charter requirement for reading the ordinance and adopt. Ms. Graves? Aye. Ms. Johnson? Aye. Ms. McClellan? Aye. Mr. Riddick? Aye. Mr. Smigel? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Aye. Dr. Wibley? Aye. Mr. Alexander? Aye. R11? An ordinance approving and adopting the fiscal year 2018 compensation plan for officers and employees of the city, amending and reordaining the Norfolk City Code 1979 as amended, and approving criteria and procedures for pay supplements for certain constitutional and state officers and their employees. Dispense with the charter requirement for reading the ordinance and adopt. Ms. Graves? Aye. Ms. Johnson? Aye. Ms. McClellan? Aye. Mr. Riddick? Aye. Mr. Smeagle? Um, Doug looks like he's over there holding his breath. <laughs> Congratulations, Doug, on uh, eight zero votes on your budget. Aye. Wait a minute. We have to vote. Don't spike the ball early. <laughs> Mr. Thomas? Aye. Dr. Wibley? It's a tough one. Aye. Mr. Alexander? Uh, I, uh, Doug, on behalf of the council, thank you for your hard work. I will uh, yield the mic to you for any appropriate comments that you wish to make. Uh, well, thank you, Mayor. Um, I don't, we do a lot of important things during the course of the year, uh, none of them more important than putting together the spending plan. And uh, this was, uh, they're all challenging, but um, this one was, was challenging in that we had a lot of transition, a lot of new faces and a lot of new players. And there's a, there's a group of folks on a couple of rows back here, uh, Greg Patrick uh, being the director of uh, budget strategic planning and his team um, uh, shorthanded and uh, with new leadership uh, stepped up and really did a, a terrific job. And I would just like to take a moment and acknowledge you all and tell you that I appreciate it, appreciate the leadership that Deputy City Manager Mike Goldsmith brought, uh, uh, but you did a great job and I, and I hope you go out and uh, celebrate soon. Would you ask him to stand? Please. Ask him to stand. <laughs> Thank you, Mayor. Thank you, Mr. Smith. That's all I have, Mr. Mayor. They look young. That's a good um, sign. Michael McKenna, please come forward. Make any comments. You have three minutes, sir. Sorry, I had a terrible accident. Uh, while Mike, it's good to see you. All right, my name is Michael McKenna. I reside at 3124 Douglas Road in Chesapeake, Virginia. Uh, I am a national representative of Service Employees International Union, National Association of Government Employees, and the International Brotherhood of Police Officers, a member of the Norfolk Democrat Committee, and I represent over 10,000 public safety officers and civilians in Hampton Roads. We have some immediate concerns. One is the pay system, one is dispatchers, one is retirees, and the last one is Virginia Line of Duty Act Constitutional Amendment. The first incident is, as you know, we no, a new pay system was implemented the first of the year. Unfortunately, many employees have suffered from it. I have reason to believe that the new pay plan was implemented too quickly 
and not tested. Due to, to this, many employees do not receive their just compensation and recently discovered their accrued leave has been affected. Some employees that received a stipend for over 26 years have now lost this benefit. They're not sure as what happened to that stipend. Second thing, recently some information was shared on the internet concerning Norfolk's dispatcher's response time. I can say that there are many reasons for this. Many dispatchers are overworked, underpaid, and misunderstood. Years ago, telecommunicators came under the police department where they reported and were supervised by police and fire. This added a direct chain of command and allowed for a whole, a more answerable and controlled system. The reorganization of this department would save the city money and afford citizens a more response, in response time in emergencies. Dispatchers were faced with extreme stress while handling many serious calls. PTSD is not uncommon with many dispatchers. Many dispatchers are forced to leave Norfolk for employment and other agencies. Recently, a nine-year veteran left and went to work for the DOD police dispatchers in, uh, in Norfolk. Uh, many other ones are leaving. We ask that a study be conducted by the city to determine if any changes are warranted. The continued safety of Norfolk citizens rests in your hands. Retirees are still asking for some relief. They have not received a, risk, a raise in almost eight years. Police and fire unions are requesting that the funds identified by council for some retirees take into account retirees that reach full retirement but make less than $1,000 per month. There are many retirees that make less than $500 a month. It's not because they didn't plan, it's because the city at that time didn't have all these programs they have now and didn't offer them these, these programs to save money. And the city also said they would take care of them in future free hospitalization, which no longer exists. Um, this is only going to affect 100 public safety employees, maybe, and maybe 200 altogether in general employees. Uh, Virginia, the last thing, Virginia has adopted a constitutional amendment to allow line of duty retired and deceased officers and spouses to be tax exempt from personal property tax on homes owned by them and the spouses. If a spouse was to remarry, then they would lose the exemption. Oh, real quick. At the time, Senator Kenneth Cooper Alexander assisted me in sponsoring this amendment, and it passed. We now ask that you support and adopt the honorable amendment. Please help us today. We hope you'll be there. Thank you. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, Mike. Martha Brown. Brown. Mayor Alexander and council members, um, I'm here to call your attention to something that happened to me on Friday, May the 19th, leaving Ruby Tuesday, having a lunch just before 3 o'clock. Um, I pulled out a Ruby Tuesday's parking lot and I moved on to um, where you come out from uh, the shopping center and um, got in the lane to make a right turn to Lowry Road. Uh, I was the first one. And so there were a lot of cars behind me. A young male young black man between the age, I guess, of 20 or 25 from what I could see, hit me from behind. 
he got out of his vehicle, and just as I was entering, you know, to get out of my car, and uh, he said, oh, I bumped you, but I didn't do any damage to the car. And, um, and I said, yeah, because it was kind of shocking. <laughs> he says, I'm going to pull over to the side, and um, he, he pulled out from the line of traffic that was behind him, and uh, pull over here, and I'll come back. Well, the young man fled. And, uh, well, once he fled, I knew I needed to get out of the line of traffic and call for help. Um, the storage place, AAA, was there. And she called three times for help. I used my cell phone when I could get my hands on it, and I called two. And I was told that they didn't have anybody, you know, available. They didn't know what time they could come to me. And I wasn't bleeding, thank God. I didn't think, you know, I was just shook. And what I wanted to do was to have documentation just in case I got sick. That was all I was looking for. I called my insurance company, which is USAA, and explained what had happened. And while I was there, he said, oh, I, I'm looking right at you where you are. He says, there is no stop sign there. And I said, no, and um, gave him the information. I waited. That was before 3. And I waited till almost 5 o'clock. No one came. That disturbed me. I am a taxpayer, just like each of you in here. And if I wasn't a taxpayer, <laughs> I have feelings. I'm a human being. And if it was one of you or your family members, I, you would probably be up here saying something too. And if you didn't say it here, you would say it among yourselves. So I think that maybe we need to try to work on this. We're doing all the building, we're inviting people in, and this is a Navy place, the largest installation in the United States. And you can't take care of what we have. So just maybe, maybe the pay, maybe you can do something more. I was listening to the gentleman as he spoke a few minutes ago. It's hazardous. Mm -hmm. And I know everybody's looking for money, but you know, if you can find some money in the budget, to help the policemen, hey, maybe this would not have happened. And a neighbor said the same thing happened to her last year. So that's all. I just want to call your attention to it. Thank you so Thank much you, for Ms. listening. Have you. a great evening. Bye-bye. Amelia Coppich. Good evening, Mayor Alexander, council members and city manager and city staff. Just wanted to thank you all for letting us come. I'm here, okay, let me back up. My name is Amelia Coppage and I live at 3824 Wedgefield Avenue. I'm here tonight on behalf of the Inkland Side Civic League and want to first thank you all for all the help that you've given us, lending your ear and hearing us out for some of the challenges that we have. Tonight, we have brought forth not only just the challenges, but we brought forth some solutions that will help our community stay relevant and continue to grow. So I won't stay long because there will be other people that will follow me tonight that will give you in-depth information to let you know what 
we would like to do for our community. So once again, I'm thanking you in advance for all the help that you will give us, and thanks again for listening. Thank you. Deborah Pace. Good evening. My name is Deborah Pace, and I live at 3604 Kentucky Avenue, Norfolk, Virginia. I'm here this evening to show support for my Ingleside Civic League and community. I am asking you to do whatever is necessary to help us and the community, the Elizabeth River Project, the Wetlands Watch, and the remarkable students from the University School of Agriculture to make real their ideas and proposals that can help with the flooding and stormwater problems that plague us in Ingleside. <coughs> I'm also here to implore you to rebuild or remodel our community rec center. I know that some of you have been to our Civic League meetings and you know the condition that it's in. Um, um, right now, it doesn't have the ability to serve our growing and diverse community. While we thank you for our gym, we need you very much to our update our recreation center. Thank you. Thank you. Nikki Southall. Before I speak, may I present you all with your packets? Yep. Oh my to clerk it, thank you. I think there might be one extra if not. Okay. <laughs> Good evening, Honorable Mayor, Alexander, Council Members, City Manager, and City Staff. My name is Nikki Southall and I reside at 866 Wedgefield Court. I'm here this evening to share with you all of the hard work that my community has been engaged in. The Civic League sponsored a community forum in October 2016 to bring new and old neighbors together in an effort to tap into the desires and needs that the community was facing. Neighborhood safety, recreation, infrastructure, and community commitment were the four key areas of concern. The need to have a fully functioning, improved, and expanded rec center was at the top of the list. The residents overwhelmingly agreed that the current center is antiquated, outdated, and not fully serving the community adequately. Currently, the center is one open room that can operate as two separate spaces but without a wall or partition. It has four computers and desks that were obtained in February 2015. There is no designated playroom, computer lab, gamer craft room, and no private meeting room and lacks any modern technology to hold a professional meeting. The Civic League and community at large is formally requesting to have an upgraded and expanded center that has separate meeting rooms with updated technology and space to host youth and seniors in their respective activities throughout the year and summer. According to the City of Norfolk Recreation Master Plan dated June 2012, the vision of RPOS is to refresh the facilities. Quote, the bones of a great park system are already in place in Norfolk, but with much of the system, but much of the system needs to be refreshed and updated with new facilities and additional activities. End quote. We believe that the current location of the recreation center will adequately support the expanding of the center and hope that the council finds our needs reasonable and necessary. In our packet that we have for you all tonight, we included excerpts from the master plan and highlighted certain areas that support our efforts. H two. 
When we sent out the letter via email to council a couple of weeks ago, we were very happy to hear that Councilwoman Graves and Councilwoman McClellan confirmed that Ingleside had received earmarked money from this year's budget that will be used for community improvement. We thank you for hearing and acknowledging us, and we look forward to more money being earmarked in future budget, cycle, budget cycles to complete this project. Thank you. The community has also been working to improve the Ingleside Scott Street corridor that is the front porch of our neighborhood. We have reached out to the property owners in an effort to request aesthetic upgrades to that section, that six along Virginia Beach Boulevard. We are also working on obtaining a new gateway sign for our community. And last but certainly not least, we are very excited to work with Elizabeth River Project, Wetlands Watch, and University of Virginia School of Agriculture in a collaborative effort to work on plans to reduce flooding and mitigate stormwater issues in Ingleside. I urge council to read over the handout that has been provided to you that details the outcome of the three meetings that took place and the ideas and hard work that this project has produced. The Ingleside community has a pressing issue, an immediate issue pertaining to flooding on Fontaine Avenue and towns in place. Severe flooding results in an impassable street that cuts off over 70 residents from entering and exiting the neighborhood. We are looking forward to creating a green street sparked by the vision of the UVA students. This particular project would require the city to engage with infrastructure st structure solutions and allow funding to complete this project. It is with this vision and innovative mind frame that we strive to make Ingleside a fully sustainable neighborhood from front to back. With all of the exciting project that the city is undertaking, we truly believe that Ingleside is the model neighborhood in Ingleside, in Norfolk, that encompasses everything this coastal city has to offer. Ingleside is a thriving community with a robust, with a robust civic league a true multicultural, diverse, socioeconomic, and multi-generational community. We are a part of Broad Creek and Elizabeth River, and we also have a light rail stop. We are excited for the future and hope that City Council will help us achieve our goals and continue to make Ingleside a neighborhood of choice. Thank you for your time this evening. Thank you. Mr. Mayor. Yes. I just, wanted, um, I, I just wanted to commend you on this. Oh. I always say that civic leagues are the most local form of government that we have, mm. and you're operating very well. Thank you. Um, and I hope other civic leagues can learn from you, and maybe there's an opportunity for you to help others as well. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I would totally agree. Oh, yeah. I think that you have There's a more. super opportunity to help with other civic leagues. This is very impressive. Thank you. Yeah, and Nikki, if you would get with uh, Mr. Rogers okay. uh, in the back, who you know very well, okay. one of the things that this council um, is doing is, is trying to develop uh, civic league neighborhood plans with the civic leagues. Mm -hmm. And uh, we just voted a few weeks ago for Old Huntersville right. and their I neighborhood plan you was here. Mm -hmm. So this is great, and Mr. Rogers will work with you and, and help he has with, a copy. with technical assistance. Again, thank you very much. <laughs> thank you all so much. Thank you okay. all for Ingleside, coming. Ingleside, thank you. Thank you. Joe Ryger. Good evening. Uh, my name is Joe Rieger. I live at 527 Kenosha Avenue, Norfolk, Virginia, 23509. I'm here tonight representing the Elizabeth River Project, and um, the Elizabeth River Project would like to thank the mayor, uh, council members, city manager, and staff for the tremendous partnership we've had with Norfolk for the last 23 years. As many of you know, the Lafayette River uh, just this past year was delisted for bacteria, um, and uh, that is not a small feat. Um, not many water bodies in Virginia get delisted. And now we're focusing our efforts on the Eastern Branch, which I believe our Executive Director uh, Marjorie Mayfield Jackson um, briefed you on. Um, and our focus is on Broad Creek. Broad Creek has some of the worst water quality in, in Elizabeth River. 
Um, and so as part of this effort, we started engaging Ingleside this past winter, and we brought in uh, Wetlands Watch and the University of Virginia to do a charrette with the community. And that work um, was welcomed from the strong community and as you can see, well-organized community that you saw tonight. Um, and our idea is focused on developing ideas and designs, real designs that we can implement to reduce flooding in Ingleside, which is quite, quite large, and also improving water quality going to Broad Creek. Um, to help jumpstart start these efforts, just last week, Elizabeth River Project applied for eight, over $800,000 of funding, that which, which will be spent in the city of Norfolk, and 500000 of that will go to Ingleside directly. Uh, we look forward to setting up uh, meetings in the near future with uh, key city leadership and also uh, staff so that we can brief you on the outcome of the uh, UVA work that we did with um, uh, with Wetlands Watch, and I'd like to thank you for your time this evening. Thank you. Uh, Taval Taylor. Good evening, Mr. Mayor, Council Members. My name is Tavoy Taylor, and I live at 2847 Colchester Crescent in Norfolk, the great city of Norfolk. I am the current PTA Vice President as well as an employee at the Southside STEM Academy at Camp Estella. Um, tonight, I stand before you on behalf of my school as well as my principal. We received some devastating news that she will be part of the transition process for this upcoming school year 2017-2018 to be moved and demoted unwillingly. Um, this change could be very detrimental not only to the school, to the staff, our community, but more importantly, to the students that we serve. As you know, Southside STEM Academy, we are housed in a very special part of Norfolk. We've served some students with some very unique personalities, um, very unique home lives. It requires more than the instructional piece. With her leadership, uh, the example that she has set forth for the staff, the way that she supports her staff, it has guided us and she has pulled us together so that when the children come in, they receive more than just the instructional piece. They receive that warm welcome, that love that they need. Some of them really don't get a hug or that encouragement. <coughs> this change could not only mean um, that some of the staff could be a little bit disturbed, but we're adults, we can kind of get over that. But the relationships that she's built with some of the parents, the community members that we have, some of the surrounding churches, um, the local organizations, which makes things a little bit easier for us, as well as the students that we serve, that could all be severed. Um, at this moment, I stand before you just trying to give you some interest or give you some concerns that we have so that you would be able to kind of look into this situation if you can give any feedback, if you have just a slight bit of love for the children that we serve, if you could just make a call, ask a couple of questions, see what you can do. We hope that you would be beneficial um, to this process to maybe we can keep our principal. It matters to the children that we serve. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Desiree Elliott.
Good evening, Mr. Mayor and members of the City Council. I'm Desiree Elliott, PTA President for Southside STEM Academy, also an employee at um, Southside STEM Academy as well. Um, I'm here today because we received the news about our principal um, being forcibly moved and demoted. Um, we are understandably upset, and so we decided to come out and force tonight um, the SSAC family decided to come out and join us um, just to let you know how seriously we were uh, feeling about this. Just a few bullets about um, some things that Dr. Ambrose have done since, since she had um, the opportunity to work with us. Um, she came into the building already in priority. Um, test scores were horrible down in the <coughs> low percents. Um, since she's been there, we've had double-digit gains over three areas. Um, she received the school. It was already closing one older school. She had to come in and close that school out, move us into a temporary building that we walked into. And I can tell you, the first time it rained in that building, water was everywhere. Sparks were <coughs> flying. Everything was going on. Still, she kept her head up and kept us straight through all of it. We stayed there three years. She got us out of that building. Um, while she was in that building, she principled two sites. Um, she was um, responsible for the portion of our school that was over at Berkeley Campus Stella ECC and also the portion uh, two through five that was over at Campus Stella on Princess Anne Road. Um, she then, under her leadership, brought us back into this new building um, really seamlessly. It was, I moved out of the old building, I can tell you. Moving back was seamless. It was very easy and, and that was majorly um, in part of her leadership. Um, after she closed us out, got us back over there, we then come into the school building and she never stopped running for our kids and she never does. She gives 110% at all times. Um, so it is shocking to hear, um, not only are they talking about moving her, but moving her possibly back into a classroom as a teacher. Um, that is a major demotion for such hard work. And I think when you have people that can pour their heart into a Title I area, that we need to uplift that um, and not reward that with demotions back into the classroom. Um, she not only pours out Monday through Friday, she's there on the weekend, I've been there with her. Um, we're in there, whatever our kids need, whatever they need, when they walk into that building, we are just taught to give them whatever they need, whether it's a hug, whether it's a coat, whether it's a washing of a sweater, um, that's what she teaches us to do. That's what I've learned working under her to give 110%. And so um, today we are just asking that if there's anything you can do to kind of have this done um, in a way that lifts up the work that she's done instead of tear tearing down the work that she's done, we would appreciate it. Thank you for your time. Sheila Janus. Greetings, Mayor, City Council. My name is Sheila Janes. I reside at 635 Graydon Avenue. I'm an employee at Southside STEM Academy at Camp Stella, and I'm here to advocate for my students. Um, just a little bit about um, the consistency that my students have in their lives. Just this year, um, my students um, have struggled with um, family situations that involve substance abuse, medical challenges, family instability, incarcerations, had a student with a fire trauma, um, pretty big deal, burned in um, a large uh, portion on her body, um, violence, poverty, um, and last year, shootings on the playground, so not all of them are allowed to go outside after school. 
um, since they started kindergarten at Campus Stella, um, they had one principal in kindergarten, um, two more principals after that, and then Dr. Ambrose came. Um, Dr. Ambrose has been consistent um, the past four years um, in my students' lives who haven't had all that consistency. Um, they've had four principals um, since fifth grade. They've had five APs. And they've moved, um, let's see, the, our old school, um, the um, uh, ECC, the um, school on Princess Anne, and now the school we're at now. So four times they've had different schools. Um, I would like it if council would take a look at what's going on and see if we can't continue to provide this, our principal, um, the consistency um, for the neighborhood, um, for the students. Um, as, they, as they move about their lives, consistency isn't always there. Dr. Ambrose has been consistent. Um, she has not only um, split her time with two schools for three years, um, but she's also moved um, over with us at the new school, um, and we would like for her to continue to stay at Southside STEM Academy. Thank you. Um, can I just ask if you are from Southside STEM Academy, if you would stand? Thank you. Thank you. James Jarman. Good afternoon, Council. Um, could I pass you some information? Again, good afternoon, Council. Uh, I am James Jarman, Jr., son of Willie James Jarman. And my son, James Jarman III, is right there. Oh, Willie James. Um, Remember Willie? After much anticipation, fanfare, endorsements from former Councilman Don Hester, uh, present Councilman, I highly sought out the Southside STEM uh, Academy. I got through there initially uh, through the lottery process. And uh, for me and <coughs> the kids being the future, anything with STEM, science, technology, engineering, math is a good thing. So uh, I got to the school. I went the first night of orientation. And there were 74 people from the lottery and I can't verbatim repeat in open form what went on. But the basic question was, uh, that I can repeat is, are those people from that project coming to this school? Is it a neighborhood school? Uh, at that point, many of those people tore up their lottery slips and walked out, said I'm not going. The difference in Jarman and those people is instead of pointing the blame and the finger and accusing people, I decided to roll my sleeves up, donate my money and my time, which was inspired by Dr. Rhonda Ambrose. Anybody that can inspire me to get out of the bed at 9 o'clock on Saturday and teach and to the kids in Seaperch until 12 o'clock, 
is an inspiration. Okay? So, uh, I have seen her on Saturday at the school. I've seen her there uh, 11 o'clock Monday through Friday. I've seen the teachers that she has inspired to work Monday through Friday till 5 when school is out at 2.45 and then come back on Saturday from 9 to 12 with me. So I think the headship and her inspiration that she is should not go unrewarded. I also observed that she got awards for bringing the kids' scores out of the basement and into double digits. I am forced to remember another city employee, Stan, hired, serving the city in various capacities, promoted for his good work, then fired and terminated and called incompetent and recently rehired. I know council does not directly have this matter. We were at the school board last week. But what I would appeal to you to do, I know I look at council as the connected people in the city. Please go to the Southside STEM Academy and look at this lady's good work and the hard work and efforts that she makes in that community. That lady loves those kids. As the Bible says, she has a clean heart. If you can't get there, at least call and offer her some encouragement. Somebody sitting here has to know something they can do to help this situation, and it is dire. Our kids are the future. Men us in this room have already been here longer than we gonna be here. The kids are the future. If we don't take our time and help them, these kids with saggy pants and headphones, they're going to be council members. They're going to be delegates. One of them might even be the president of the United States. Thank you very much. Todd Davis. Good evening, Mr. Mayor, City Council. I'm also here uh, to speak on behalf of Dr. Ambrose uh, for the Southside uh, STEM School. Um, you know, Norfolk really has my head spinning with the change of uh, superintendents and principals down through the years. Uh, I've, I've been in Norfolk uh, since I retired from the Navy, uh, working in the schools for about 16 years a mentor. I was with the PTA uh, and a parent volunteer at Camp Estella since 2008. Uh, not just uh, that school, but so many other schools that the principals are just being put in and taken out and very little stability in the schools that need stability the most. I mean, you're learned people. You understand these things is better than some of the rest of us, and yet it still goes on. Uh, you may not be directly responsible, but if you have any hand in stopping this madness, you really should. Dr. Ambrose has, was put into a situation that Nobody else wanted to take that job. Let's just be honest. She was given it. And rather than remove her, what you really should be doing is lending her greater support because you're not going to find another person that's going to come in and have the love and dedication for the children, the community, and the parents. You may put another person in there, but you're just going to be changing heads. You're not changing the community. Keep her there. Give her the resources that she needs 
that she's been begging for in some cases. And if you're not aware of it, you need to become smarter about what's going on and what's lacking in that school as far as uh, teachers and, uh, and other support system. Keep her there. Let her continue to do the job and give her the confidence that you have confidence in her. So you just have to be looking over her shoulder all the time, wondering what's going to happen next. She's the right person to stay there. When no one else would do it, she stepped up. And I think you all are well aware of that. So now do right by her. She did it for you. Now it's your turn to step up. Okay? Thank you. Thank you. Um, so one of the things that um, I want to just reiterate what Mr. Jarman said, uh, the school board and the superintendent, um, they have complete authority over the employment of uh, Norfolk Public Schools, um, staff, faculty, teachers, personnel. Indeed, we handle the funding. We provide funding for Norfolk Public Schools. But uh, thank you for coming. Uh, we certainly um, learned a lot tonight, and, uh, but I want you to continue to make your case with the Norfolk Public School Board as well as the superintendent. So, but really, thank you for coming. Daniel again. May I before yes. Mr. Please begin um, I just I, I would just like to say um I, I wanna say I thank you all for coming out. And um, you know, back in the day, so to speak, when um, people wanted things done, they did this old fashioned thing called writing letters. And they would galvanize as individuals and they would write letters to their council members. They would write letters to their delegates or whomever it was that they wanted to hear them. Well, even though we don't have to do that old fashioned thing called writing letters, you can all and, and encourage your friends and family and other um, parents and teachers to write letters to the school board and to the superintendent. Use your social media platforms that I'm sure all of you have some kind of social media platform to let other people know what's going on. Um, there may be people who are not connected to the school, but they have children in the school and they don't know what's going on. And that's really neither here nor there. But if you post it out on Facebook or you put it out on Twitter or Snapchat or Instanet or whatever it is that's out there, people will find out what is going on and you will make the school board and the superintendent hear you if it's something if this is something that you want because we can no no more tell the school board who to hire in the schools than they can tell us who to hire in the city but you all have platforms and you all have mediums that you can use to get your message to the school board and to the superintendent. And if none of that works, they're all gonna be up for reelection next year. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Well, there you go. All right, thank y'all for coming. Danny Legan. Several of them. Yeah. <laughs> it was good. <coughs> Is he the last one again? Yes. Can I leave now? Yes. Don't do it. My name is Danny Lee Ginn. Uh, I reside at 3844 Dare Circle. Uh, you are now uh, being passed around uh, a, um, 
a letter uh, written by Mr. Smeagol uh, in uh, 2012. Uh, so I will admit it is somewhat dated. It uh, it's when he was young and fiery and uh, came on board, and uh, he expressed his uh, viewpoints and, and frustrations. But I'm not here so much to discuss that as to support Mr. Smeagol. Uh, as you've seen, I've changed the leaf. Uh, last week I congratulated uh, Mr. Reddick for admitting that he was a racist and that he had only the race card to play against us. Tonight I'm here to support uh, Mr. Smeagol. Uh, you may want to flip to the second page. I'm not going to read the entire thing to you. But at the, uh, the end of his presentation, uh, he wrote, I also think the time has come for the Norfolk City Council, those members of the Virginia legislature who represent the city of Norfolk and the citizens of Norfolk to begin a dialogue regarding a change in the Norfolk City Charter or the creation of a state law similar to one passed in our neighboring, neighboring state of North Carolina to more specifically define ethical behaviors for locally elected and appointed officials. Uh, I 100% support that. Uh, the problem is that you've just recently um, established new rules uh, under uh, Mayor Alexander. Uh, you simply uh, switched uh, rules from the past over under his leadership uh, where you have extreme rights uh, which you can't legally enforce uh, in order to control order and discipline uh, within the council. Uh, but the problem that we have is that there are no rules for council people. Uh, if council people uh, want to engage in profanity uh, towards citizens, they can do so without any con uh, consequences, and that has occurred. If council members want to threaten citizens, uh, they can do that without any consequences. Uh, if council members want to bully uh, not only citizens but other council members, they can do that without any consequences. So it strikes me as rather peculiar that you have no limitations uh, in your conduct and the way that you can conduct yourself and no consequences, but yet you are attempting to strip the citizens of the city of their First Amendment rights by putting such stringent <coughs> limitations on their ability to express themselves within this uh, council. So I would 100% again support uh, Mr. Smeagol's uh, uh, position of establishing a, a code of conduct, which not only that he showed in this letter, but he did bring up at the last retreat as well. Thank you. Thank you. Council Jarrett, he's out.